The following podcast is presented by Hormone Logics. Discover your ageless health. This is Amy Wilhelmy with the Ascension Mentality Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Wilhelmy. And we have a guest today, Corinne Henich, IFBB Pro. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, we are so excited to have you. We are all about just hearing people's stories and their journey and why they're doing what they're doing. And obviously it's a podcast about mentality. So we want to know like not only how you got here, but you know, what, what got you into this in the first place? So, you know, again, this is never like a linear direction. So we're just going to kind of ask you some questions and, uh, and see where it goes. So tell us, how you even started being interested in bodybuilding what what was that process like for you how'd you get into this um well it goes back quite a ways um I I had an eating disorder when I was younger so kind of started like in my I say my prior life because it feels like another life to me um but I I was in my early 20s and um I had a pretty severe eating disorder for like eight years and um, as my kids got older and, you know, I kind of realized that I need to be around yeah. for them um, and be a better example. I started thinking, like, how am I going to get through this? I've got to get past this. I need to get, you know, like, over this eating disorder. And, sorry, my being. <laughs> um, I, I just started people were telling me like, you need to do bodybuilding. You need to do this. Cause even as I was super skinny, I was like a hundred pounds at my lowest. I still had like actual shape to my body. Especially you you were a hundred pounds at some point. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I was really, 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 really small. Um, I'm five, four. So to put that into perspective, I was pretty, pretty thin, but I still had shape. Um, and people would tell me like, you need to do bodybuilding. You should you know, you should compete. And so I didn't have any idea what that was, but, um, I, I started looking into it just for like, you know, an idea of how to learn how to build muscle. Um, you know, in high school I was into weightlifting and I loved working out. I was still working out, but I wanted a way to, um, learn how to feel my body properly because I was okay with, um, doing this if I could get healthy and not be fat. Like I wanted, I didn't want to be skinny fat. I wanted to like learn how to eat, learn how to eat properly to build muscle. So I could still at least look good if I'm going to do this. So anyway, long story short, I hired a coach, um, a trainer at the gym and she was an IFBB figure pro. And, um, this was back in 2008. And, um, she said, Oh, bikinis, a new division that's just coming out. You should do that. You're already kind of there like you don't really need to do much and I was I said no I I need to I need to gain weight I need to build muscle um so we started training for figure so 
my goal was to actually put on weight, get past my eating disorder, actually learn how to feel my body, how to eat. Um, so I could be there for my kids essentially, and just set a good example for them. Um, and so I started training for a figure competition and like, I would say, I think it was like eight or nine weeks later, I think I gained like, I don't know, seven or eight pounds. It wasn't a lot, but enough that I could get on stage and not embarrass myself too much. So wait a minute, you hired this coach and then eight weeks later you went on stage. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. Yeah. And it was probably one of my biggest fears because like, I'm not, I'm not super, I don't know, like I have major stage fright. So for me, like getting on stage alone was scary, but in a bikini was even worse. And so it was probably one of my biggest fears, but shaking like a leaf, everything trembling from head to toe, I did it and ended up placing fifth. Wow. Good job. So for me, it was like, okay, that was really actually fun. And it was teaching me like, I can do hard things and I can keep, you know, working really hard at like improving my physique, doing it healthy, um, learning how to eat. And I actually enjoyed the process of um, building muscle and it became like kind of a new, (laughs) I guess, a new obsession for me because an eating disorder is kind of an obsession. You're, you know, you're, it's a control thing. You have control of something. And in this way, like I had a new control of like my physique in a different way. So. Hey, Corinne, you, um, I just want to understand the timeline a little bit more. You hired a coach in 2008. Eight weeks later was your first appearance on stage. How much longer from that point until you're a pro? (laughs) Oh, um, so that was in 2008. Um, I, I got on stage my first time in early 2009. So I hired her at like the end of 2008, got on stage in 2009. Um, I did several shows that year. I stayed in figure for about two years. Um, developed, I, I think I gained like 25 pounds in total wow. in that time frame. went to national as a figure competitor, um, in 2010, I believe. And I kind of was like. I don't know if you have a picture of that. I think you do. I think it's the black suit. That middle, in the middle. In, the back. Yeah. Yeah, in that black suit. So that was in my national appearance in 2010. And I was kind of like, I felt my biggest. I was like, wow, I am so big. I'm going to kill it. And I got there. I'm like, damn, I am tiny. <laughs> when you say you, you felt big, was that like a confidence though? Were you like, I'm confident in my skin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I some women, really when they hear like, oh, you're big, like they kind of like, that's like a negative um, adjective, but you use it in a positive yeah. sense, right? I did then because my goal was to grow. Um, I mean, when you're coming from like, I don't know the way I was, I mean, obviously like no one wants to hear like, Oh wow, you're so big. But for me, like my goal was to really put on size. I mean, I gained, it was hard, but I gained weight in a positive way. I wasn't, like I said, I didn't want to just gain weight. I didn't want to sit and eat food and just get skinny fat. So for me, it was like, I wanted to grow and, and build that muscle and really love my physique. And I did. Um, and I really learned to like love myself throughout this process of like growing and, and really loving my body and being in tune with myself and um, focusing my energy on, you know, my body versus in a positive way and not a negative way where I was hating myself and depriving myself. And, you know, just, I don't know, any sort of can really tear you apart. And it really did. But this way I was actually putting energy into loving myself. So just so I'm uh, on the same page, 
that you said that you went to nationals in 2009 in 2010 and then 2010. um yeah sorry after that i when i got there and i was like i am so small compared to these girls um it just made me realize that no matter what i do um you know on a figure level i just was never going to grow enough um naturally to get that size that i needed and i wasn't willing to do anything else at that point so i kind of it kind of broke me down a little bit. So I stepped back from competing for about a year. Um, and then in 2011, or yeah, 2011, I picked back up and decided to switch to bikini. So that's when my bikini journey began. And um, it kind of felt more natural. I felt like that was more my, where my body kind of felt more comfortable, um, which is where I didn't want to start in the beginning. <laughs> but it kind of felt like that was where my body sat comfortably. And then it kind of took me a while. So in 2000. 11 and 12, I just competed more at like a regional level. And then I went to nationals and really hit the national circuit, um, went pro in 2015. So how old were your kiddos when you started? You said you had kids at that time. Mm -hmm. I had, I have two um, of my own and they were, um, I think my daughter was five when I started competing. So she was young and my son was eight. So young kids they've kind of seen everything (laughs) they've been around the whole time so now they're 21 and 18 so that's awesome i have three step kids so what do they what do your kids uh say or or comment on when you're maybe weighing your food or counting macros or do they comment or are they just (laughs) part of life these days I think it's just so normal because it's been, I mean, I've always done a meal plan until recently. Now I'm doing macros. Um, and so in the past, like, I don't think I ever made a thing um, because I just ate the same things all the time. And I tried to incorporate it into their life as much as I could. I mean, yes, I've always kind of brought my food everywhere, but it wasn't like I ever said, oh, this is my diet. I never used that word so much. It was more like, this is my food. Um, this is what I choose to eat. Um, and this is, maybe your food or whatever but I always eat with them you know we'd all sit at the table and my food's different and it's still that same way now my food might be different but we're still having dinner together um it's okay this is just my food my preference so I don't ever try to use the word diet um I don't know I feel like that can be such a negative word mm-hmm. um it's just it's just different so like my daughter is a vegetarian and she chose to be that way a couple of years ago. So she eats differently than everyone. And we all kind of have our thing. My son did keto for a while and he ate differently. So, you know, I let them choose how they want to eat and we all just have our thing. So. Well, just to give um, our audience a perspective, um, Amy has been doing bodybuilding for a year. A year. Yeah. 12 months. So her journey, you know, is, is much different than yours in the sense of timing, right? You've been doing this for a lot longer. And so I get a chance kind of firsthand to see some of the changes in the kids, um, see what they're kind of asking about or noticing or thinking about these days. Um, but I, I guess what I'm, I'm leading up to, though, is you mentioned eating disorder at the very beginning. Did your kids have any sense of that eating disorder at that point or were you able to hide it? And then kind of part two to that question, um, do you feel like you've been able to teach them some very positive things about nutrition these days with your bodybuilding journey? Um, I want to hope that I kept it hidden pretty well. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, um, I, they were so young when I kind of 
put an end to it. I mean, they were, my daughter was five or, you know, almost five when I feel like I, I noticed just that I was getting, it was getting out of hand for me. And I, I think just like seeing her grow up, it just made me realize that like, I would die if she did this. Like it would break my heart if she was doing the same thing to herself. And like, um, and I think that's what kind of touched me so much is like, and made me realize that I have to change this because if I kept having this issue and doing this and she caught on to it and then she started doing it, it would kill me. And so that's kind of what changed me. Um, and I really, it's hard. It's always hard to like do, you know, con- to control the negative self-talk, but I really try not to, um, to like put yourself down or, you know, you have a day where you're like, Oh, I feel so fat today or whatever. Man, these pants are tight today. And, <laughs> or gosh, look at this roll. You know, you really try hard not to talk that way about yourself. Um, and I've really, really tried not to do that. Obviously there's times when you do, and as your kids get older, they notice it. Um, but it, I try not to. So I think it's just making sure that you're aware of like what you're saying. And obviously social media is, ugh, it's awful. And kids get enough of it from that. And so it's just setting that good example. Um, but when it comes to like food, I think it's just setting an example too with how you eat and without being like overbearing or like, you know, making them feel like they're bad if they eat horrible foods or whatever, but just having healthy foods as options for them and setting an example of what what you're eating versus like I don't know making healthy meals and like not trying to push it all on them all the time making them feel bad about what they eat but just having that example um you know that's kind of what I've tried to do my kids we didn't have a lot of junk food in my house um I mean every once in a while we I would you know taste how does it taste (laughs) what is it like (laughs) eat this for me because I can't have it you know tell me about those chips I do that with yeah. Matt. He comes home from like Taco Bell. I'm like, tell me about the Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me how is that? But I really didn't, I didn't try to have a lot of like I would want to eat in my house. Um, Cause it would be too much for me, but I don't feel like I ever tried to deprive them of things that they wanted to either. Yeah. We hey, Amy, we have a great sponsor on board. Hormone Logics. Yeah, they're actually my hormone doctors, so I think they're pretty awesome. They do hormone replacement therapies to revive energy and strength so that you can continue to feel younger longer. They do bioidentical hormones, menopause therapy, andropause therapy. They help men with things like ED, low T, sleep regulation. They help you to have a more satisfying sex life, improved mood, improved cognition, healthier skin, bones, and hair. How does somebody get in touch with Hormone Logics? You can visit their website at www.hormonelogics.com. Stop missing out on living your best life and be the best version of yourself. Definitely do that, do that at home too. You know, we'll, tr- we'll make like salmon and vegetables or whatever. And the kids are used to it now, but, um, yeah, but it's it, been a process with the blended family for sure. <laughs> I still like mac yeah. and cheese every once in a while. Yeah. yeah I think that's the hard part is because my my stepkids eat very differently than like, than I, yeah. than my kids did. And so it's that blended thing is the hard part is like making sure everyone's eating healthier and yeah, that's hard. For sure. Um, on that. So tell us kind of about that journey. So when did, when did the, the stepkids come into the picture? When, when, did, when did that happen for you? 
Um, so I, I divorced in, um, 2016 and, um, my husband and I met, well, we actually went to high school and middle school together, middle school and high school together, um, which is funny. So we actually re-met on Instagram. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 20 years later, he actually didn't know who I was, which was hilarious because my last name was different. My hair color, I'm naturally blonde and obviously I'm not anymore. Um, but he was just following me and I recognized his name and we started talking. So we re-met on Instagram and um, started talking while I was almost like through my divorce and um, started dating pretty quickly. Like I didn't date anybody else. He was the first guy that I even talked to. Um, and so when, as soon as my divorce was final, we were dating and got married pretty short, so a year later. So we got married in 2017 and five years later, here we are still married. So <laughs> yeah, it was pretty quick. When Not did, what I um, yeah. <laughs> when did the, um, the travel schedule with bodybuilding kind of get pretty intense and then do your kids sometimes go to the shows or how does that work with your big family? Um, so traveling is pretty crazy. I, I travel a lot, especially now as a coach, like I'm traveling a lot. Um, they don't always come. My husband will come like when we don't have his kids, if he can, um, he likes to go with me. And sometimes my daughter will come with me. Um, but I mean, it's usually like on a weekend or something. It's pretty, I try to make them as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Luckily my kids are older. Um, so they're pretty self-sufficient and they don't have to like be babysat anymore. So that's nice. Um, but when he has his kids, obviously he's going to be here with them. Um, but that probably picked up, I would say, three years ago. I've been traveling, you know, sometimes two or three times a month. Sometimes it's once cool. a month and sometimes it's, you know, there's a few months where I'm not traveling. But it's pretty crazy. It's a lot of work. What is the most amount of shows you've done in one season? Um, so in 2018, I did 12 or 13 shows. Oh, and that was 12 <laughs> or 13 in a season. So yeah, that's that like what, Olympia. like six or seven months and you did 12 shows. Um, oh. so it started, um, I'm trying to remember when my first one. So to qualify for Olympia, we were doing points that year. It was the only year they did it by points and it was, uh, it was hell. <laughs> that was the most intense year I've had. It was the most intense year I've ever had of my career. And I mean, I will never ever forget being on a stress. Um, probably all of us were under. I'm sure we were all feeling the same thing. It was just like watching the scoreboards every week. I mean, I even had like a spreadsheet. I was probably over the top. You're speaking my language is spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. I had a spreadsheet of like all of the competitors where they were ranked, where their points were. And every week I had to update it. So I knew like where I needed to place to get to stay on. Cause I was, I was in the running and I just knew I had to like beat this person this week. And like every time there was a show, it was like, I mean, the stress was unreal and oh, it was horrible. So I think to the point they restarted in, um, what was it? September of 2017. So I think I did a show in September. So it started September through August of wow. 2018. Oh, wow. So from that time frame on, I was competing nonstop just to 
keep my points up. And I finally, I won a show in July of that year, but that didn't qualify you because you just, you had to get points. Mm -hmm. So I got enough points that show to make it, but (laughs) it was so crazy. By the time I got to Olympia, I mean, I was so like worn out and just, I mean, my body was just down to nothing. I had like nothing left in me (laughs) because we had done so many shows, but we were all, all of us pros were just competing show after show after show after show we were just fighting for points every one of us it was exhausting so it was rough but you did it you made it, it yeah. to olympia I, I did. <laughs> Which that was is like huge. my biggest goal as a pro was just to i i just knew i had a feeling i'm like this is my year i'm gonna make it happen this year and this is the, probably my one and only shot i'm just gonna make it happen i was almost 40 i mean i turned 40 that year so it was like this is the time this is time I'm gonna make it happen and I did somehow by some miracle by the skin of my teeth and then you know that that was it like I'm I'm happy like I made it happen and that was like the highlight of my whole career so it was obviously one of your biggest goals to get on that stage yeah 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 I think like just getting there and then once you've like qualified I remember thinking like whoa okay (laughs) are they are they gonna recalculate points somehow are they gonna take it away so like until I actually got there, I didn't think I was actually going to get there. <laughs> so I kept thinking like, no, something's going to happen. They're going to, it's not actually real. It's not real. This isn't real. And then when I got on stage, I remember standing there, like just before I walked out and that's when I started like tearing up. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this right now. So it was just like, you don't really believe it's real until like it's actually happening. It was, it was crazy. It was an amazing feeling, but. I mean, I would love to get there again, but I, if I don't, I'm, I'm good. You did it. That was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) You said that when you were in figure and you went to nationals, you felt small. When you went to Olympia and you qualified, did you feel like you deserved to be there? I mean, honestly, I did deserve to be there. I worked my hiney off all year. Like I did, I earned it. I, I mean, I had an amazing year. I, I did like, I placed really well on my shows. Um, I was in like the top, I was in the top running um, most of the year. Um, when I got there, I really didn't feel like I had any gas left in the tank because I had to run, I had to push so hard all year. So I wish that like the qualifying system was different that year and I could have just won and gone because I would have had more time to like actually prep for the show or like prep for Olympia. Um, and maybe not of like, I think the rest of us would have had more time to like actually prepare for the show because every other year you win and you go, you qualify. Mm. Um, that was the one year they, they changed the, to a point system. And so we were all just, we had to just keep fighting, um, to stay in it. So it would have been nice if I could have just like really prepped hard, won a show and qualified and then just focus on Olympia. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to actually come in like really full and not so depleted, but I was, I was pretty depleted. Can you explain to our audience how you do qualify for Olympia? Yeah. So, um, in order to get there, you have to, um, you have to win either win a show, um, which will automatically qualify you. Um, you have to win a, a pro show, um, or you have to, I think they're taking like the top five now in points at this point because there's so many shows and so you have to get like there's a score 
like a score calculation sheet. And so every show that you place top five in, so number one always qualifies automatically. It's the second, third, fourth, and fifth. They earn points. And so you get on this like score list and the top five in the highest point system qualify. And back then it was the top 20 in 2018. So you had to be at 20 in the, in the qualifying, but now it's not top five. So it's even harder. Mm. You look so. like you had a burning question. Um, yeah, I mean, Corinne, you've used um, some language and um, I think it's very appropriate. I've only been through the journey with Amy once so far, but you've used terms like depletion, um, no gas left in the tank, exhausted. Maybe you didn't use the word exhausted, but it's in the same line of thinking. What kinds of things were you doing to kind of help with the mental health side of that journey? Because that sounds really just mentally depleting as well. Um. I think having like a really good support system really helped me because my husband, um, he's like my biggest fan and cheerleader. And like he, when I felt like I couldn't do anymore, he was like, you've got this, you can do this. You've got, you know, you can keep going. And he really like encouraged me to keep pushing for Olympia when I felt like I just couldn't keep going. So I I have a pen and paper and I'm going to take notes for all the guys that are going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) What are like the three things? Massaging feet? Is that one of them? Or... (laughs) Is it flowers? Um, what are what are the specific things that dudes can do to support their? I think like he goes to the gym with me and he works out with me. Like just being that supporter, like um, he would actually like prep my food for me. Oh, wow. um, I'm failing at that one, babe. Shouldn't <laughs> you have said that one. Your game up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not as much anymore. But back then, like he was making all my meals for me. Um, oh, where is he? He needs to step that up again. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It was just like having that support because I didn't have that before in my past, my past life. And so just having that now is very different for me. Um, I felt like before I was kind of fighting my own game all the time and just like, I had to like constantly push myself to do everything, which I can do. I'm, I can do that. But having that support and having someone that's constantly there pushing you, you know, like cheering you on, um, that, you know, that's just going to like be there for you whether you win or lose it doesn't matter because that's not what it's about but just knowing that they support you um is probably like the biggest thing for me because mm. i don't need like anyone to hold my hand i don't need i don't need that but just having that cheerleader yeah i would imagine that journey is pretty lonely right you're spending hours and hours in the gym um often yeah. with your headphones in right like not really wanting to be talked to um yeah so that's, that's well and even like the cardio like I mean, I was doing a lot of cardio and I have a treadmill in my basement, which is, I don't mind cardio. I can walk for hours, but there was days when I was just crying on the treadmill because I'm oh, so man. exhausted. And, but it's sometimes going down the morning and there's a post-it of like, I love you. You can do this. Just Aww. things like that. And it was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll write that one down. Yeah. Post-it note on the treadmill <laughs> that doesn't say do the laundry. <laughs> post-it. Note. Yeah. It's just, the, it's the little things I think that matter the most. Have you ever been stuck in life? Have I got a book for you? Ascension Mentality, written by Amy Wilhelmy, public speaker, athlete, and licensed therapist. In her book, Amy takes us through a raw and vulnerable journey as she unravels from childhood trauma and navigates her career, marriage, and parenthood. She takes us on a deep dive into her life and how when emotions are left unprocessed, they seep into adulthood as she tries to navigate the task of growing up. You cannot change what you did, You cannot change what has happened to you, but you can change how you feel about it. 
you can let go of what is holding you back. When you process and unwind trauma, you don't lose what made you strong. You only lose what no longer serves you. To ultimately be a better human, friend, parent, partner, coworker, daughter or son, and leader. It's time to let go. Ascension Mentality. This is Amy Wilhelmy. I'm the owner of Balance Wellness Collective. It's a holistic and integrative mental health practice located in St. Charles, Illinois, and telehealth. All of Illinois, we see individuals, adults, families, children, and adolescents. We are primarily family-focused and also do divorce mediation. It is a mind, body, and spirit approach to care. You can find us at www.balancewellnesscollective.com. This has been an Ascension Mentality podcast. Hit subscribe for all the latest episodes, and for more information, visit ascensionmentality.com. Ascension Mentality, making mental gains.